When teams have played Utah in the past, they haven't been worried about the receiver position, but that looks to finally be changing for the 2022 season. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast. I'm your host, JT Wistersill. We thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, we're going to continue with our offensive positional preview series. And today, we're hitting the wide receivers and what I think is going to be the most fun group of the season in a lot of ways, because I think there's going to be a ton of guys who break out. A lot of the other positions, we know what they're going to bring, but the receivers, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see what these guys can do with a larger volume. So to help me talk about this receiving group, on today's show, we're bringing on Nathan Roderick. Nathan, how's it going? Hey, JT. I'm doing well. How about you? Doing great. Nathan's a part-time contributor for Zone and a fellow graduate of the University of Utah, something you always love to hear. So, Nathan, let's let's just dive into it. First, the big guy, when you're talking about these Utah receivers group, he took the spring camp coverage by storm was Devon Vele. He's the guy that everyone was kind of like, you know, obviously Dalton Kincaid, Brant Keithy, when you think of the pass catchers on Utah, those are the two you think of. Last year, then it was Britton Covey as well. So who's going to be the guy that's really going to emerge this year amongst the wide receivers and be wide receiver one? And so far, that's been Devon Bailey. He lit up spring camp, as we talked about, also had the huge catch in the spring game going deep. And as this Utah offense has talked about trying to be more explosive this year, Devon figures to be the guy who's going to be the biggest recipient of that. A bigger guy, 205, 65 wide receiver, the length you love to see on a guy as well. He has all the physical makings of a number one wide receiver, but Nate, do you think he's going to be able to live up to that this season? Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that Utah hasn't had it, you know, for a long time. I just thinking about like the Kenneth Scott's and even like Brian Thompson or Samson Aku, there hasn't been really a number one outside receiver. That's been a deep threat for the Utes and, uh, I think Devon Bailey has the potential, and I think they finally have a quarterback that can uh, stretch the field a little bit. And uh, I think Devon Bailey is ready to take the next step in his game. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for him to do so. When you're looking at his season last year, had 23 receptions overall, 389 yards in total, and just a single touchdown. Now, he did average 16.9 yards per reception. That's the number I think that's really going to go up this year as well is not just those receiving yards, but I feel like he's the guy who's going to average 20 yards a catch. I really do buy into the hype that this is going to be a more explosive offense this year. And I think Devon's a guy who is going to go over 500 yards this year. Now it's tough when you've got so many mouths to feed as we've talked about, but I feel like Devon is really going to make a name for himself early on in the season. It's Florida's got a really good secondary, so it's going to be tough that first game, but when you look after that, San Diego State, some of the other early season opponents, I think that's when we're really going to start to see him break out. And I don't think it's going to be long before we see him have a 100-yard game in his career. And He's a guy that's kind of been bubbling for a while, so it's exciting to see him kind of put it all together. In terms of production this year, what are kind of your expectations for Devon, Nate? Yeah, I think 500 yards would be a great um, goal for him and something that would help this offense a lot. I think having Devon on the outside like that, it makes the safeties and the corners, you know, always have their eye on him. And 
they have to line up a little bit deeper in the secondary, which will open up running lanes. And so it's it'll be key if he can step up and get over that 500 yard mark. Um, as far as touchdowns go, it's kind of hard to put a number on that. Uh, Tavion Thomas stole all of those last year, but um, Devon Bailey's single touchdown last year was kind of the the turning point in the season when he caught that hell mary. So. Um, he's someone that can be trusted, especially in the deep ball. And uh, I think 500 yards would be solid and would really help out this offense. Yeah, it'd be great to see if you can get to that point. I mean, when you're talking about Devon, because this is a guy who's a former walk-on, walked on in the spring of 2019, red-shirted, but saw a little bit of action in four games, really started out on special teams. So this is a guy who you know he's a hard worker. He's had to work for everything that's been given to him on this Utah team. And he's been able to outwork a lot of these guys who came in on scholarships to become the unquestioned number one receiver really going into the season. And and even look at it two years ago, coming into the season, no one knew who Devon Bailey was and he played in five games and he had a total of two receptions for 12 yards just two years ago. Now looks to be set to explode for a monster season. It's going to be fun to see what he can do. And as you talked about too, this is a Utah team that has been lacking a true number one wide receiver. And that's what Devon should be able to bring to this team. Mentioned the length already. He's a good route runner, but a guy you know, he's not the jump ball threat that Dalton Kincaid was. But if you throw a ball up, he's going to be able to go and get it. Got the speed to be able to beat you deep as well. We know last year, Cam's in terms of those intermediate passes, talking 15 to 20 yards, was already one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the Pac-12 and honestly in the country. So expect Don Devon to continue to find the success there and – I think he is in for a monster year. So it's going to be fun to see what he can do. Outside of Devon, though, Nate, I am curious, who are some of the other guys or maybe the main guy you expect to be the number two receiver? Because, I mean, we're going to see a lot of Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. So I don't think we're going to see a ton of three receiver sets. I think it's mostly going to be Devon. And then, in your opinion, who's that other guy going to be? It's got to be Solomon Enos at this point. Um, he's a veteran. I've uh, been in the program for a while. And he's been such a – he's been reliable for all the quarterbacks – and, you know, you don't want to say the term possession receiver, but if it's third and five and you need a quick comeback route, he's the guy to go to. Um, he's sure-handed. He's made some incredible catches, incredibly tough catches throughout his career. Um, if you go back, I think, during like the Stanford game on that first drive of the game, it was a third and six or seven, and and he ha- had a catch, you know, on a ball that was thrown behind him. And he's just that guy that can – He's sure-handed, and he blocks his butt off and opens up running lane. So he's got to be the number two guy. And I'm hoping that he can uh, get a little bit more rewards this year because he's worked his butt off, especially in blocking and in the weight room. And he's, you know, he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been one of the best blockers on this Utah team at the receiver position, as you've talked about. He's a guy who... Compared to Devon, he's had a lot more recent success, going back to all in 2018. He played in all 14 games, 2019, played in all 14 as well with two starts. He has more receive, He has a higher career receiving yardage total than Devon does, does by a wide margin. And I think this is the year where it does finally come together for Solomon. He's been working his butt off 
another guy who has a great opportunity to expand, kind of take up some of those opportunities of Cam spreading the wealth around. Cam knows what a talented sporting cast he has. He wants to get these guys involved, wants to give them the opportunity to go and make some of these plays. Even just looking at him last year, saw action in 10 games. He got five starts to him, 22 receptions for 248 yards and a touchdown. I think the biggest one of those that's going to go up is I expect him to have more touchdowns. I think in those third and long situations, I think when teams are focused on Dalton, Brant, and by then I think Devon will have really broken out. There's going to be steady Eddie Solomon Enos over there on the outside who's able to make the tough grab for you as well. I think he's another guy too that's big enough. He can go and operate in the slot a little bit as well and take advantage of some of those mismatches. And you talked about those third and five situations too. I think he's going to continue to be a really clutch guy on that. And while people are overlooking a lot of the other talent on this Utah receiver group, I think he's a guy who's going to fit right in and be able to make some huge catches for this Utah team. He's been a fan favorite for a while because of how hard he plays, and now he's going to reap the benefits with some production. And speaking of production, Nathan, what kind of numbers do you think he's going to have this year? Yeah, it's kind of hard to predict, but as you said, I think uh, teams will have to pay most attention to Brandt and Dalton and and hopefully Devon at that point. He's going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups on the outside, and so – it's going to be up to him to get that separation and uh, make some things happen. I think, you know, I would like to see the touchdowns go up, obviously. Um, I would like to point out the receptions, too. I think that could go up to 30 or even 40 receptions, you know, just a couple per game to keep the defenses honest and, you know, just show them that they can't just put one guy on Solomon Enos and, you know, not worry about him because that's what defenses have done in the past against Utah. They just put their corners on an island against the receivers and just don't worry about them. So he's going to have some one-on-one matchups that he needs to take advantage of. Yeah, and he's going to have a great opportunity to do so. Those those are kind of the one and two guys, pretty clear cut. We would be surprised if anyone else comes out and ends up taking those spots from either of those two guys. But there's a lot of other receivers that could contribute, a few guys, veterans who have been around the program for a few years now that we're going to hit on in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate, like we mentioned. It's great. What's great about it is Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fats, and sugars, grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, use promo LOCKED15. So, Nate, we talked about Devon, Solomon. Those are the two guys. They're going to be the ones who mainly get a role. But every year, Utah's had a guy come in and make a big play, whether that's catching a touchdown pass, a big first down, that kind of is unexpected. Obviously, some of these new freshmen have been stealing all the headlines. And we're going to talk about them in a second. But first, I wanted to ask you, Nate, who are some of the veteran guys that we haven't talked about yet who've been in this program for a few years that you think are going to make an impact this year? 
So I think one of the biggest holes on in the offense or even, you know, the team is the hole that Britton Covey left in the slot. And I think there's a couple guys in my mind that can replace his production a little bit. Um, no one can, you know, duplicate the great Britton Covey, but um, there's a couple guys that can, you know, fulfill his role. And those two, I think, would be Jalen Dixon and Money Parks. Uh, we were watching the, the USC game, and you saw Money Parks' first touchdown. You're like, who is that guy? And then you look back at the highlight, and you're like, well, that was an incredible route. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so fast. Who is this guy? Let's get him the ball more. And I think Britton just kind of took over that position last year. But um, I think Money Parks will have some great opportunities this year to uh, – you know, at that slot position and Jalen Dixon as well. We saw in, in 2018 and 2019 how much of a deep threat he can be um, when he was teamed up with his high school teammate, Jason Shelley. And um, we need that Jalen Dixon back, um, especially in the slot position where teams are going to be focused on uh, the tight ends and maybe on the outside. Maybe a skinny post to Jalen Dixon will be wide open at some point during the year and he needs to be able to capitalize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned Money's that guy who had some of those flashes. It's going to be exciting to see him show off that speed, see how the coaching staff wants to use him. And then talking about Jalen Dixon as well. He's a guy we've seen some of those flashes from. Saw action in 10 games last year, recording five receptions for 76 yards. One touchdown, that being the memorable overtime one versus San Diego State, adding two rushing touchdowns. At some point this year, I just feel like it's going to be a really tight game, and Jalen Dixon is just going to come out of nowhere and catch a huge touchdown ball. And I think it's awesome that a lot of guys in his position would have transferred out, but he truly loves his teammates. He loves this Utah program, and he has remained in it ever since. And it's been something that's fun. It's been something fun for me to watch as well as I actually played him and Uh, Jason Shelley and back in high school so it's been fun kind of going on to see those guys have that continued success Uh, Shelley getting it back before he transferred of course and now Dixon as well too so it'll be interesting to see what the future holds for those guys but I agree I think they're guys that I don't expect either to go over 300 receptions this year I think if Jalen could do it I think that would be awesome but I think at some point both of them are going to come up big and make some huge catches but Nathan what do you think in production wise for these two guys uh, that it's kind of hard to predict just cause you don't yes. know how many opportunities they're going to get. Um, I do think Jalen will have a little, a couple more opportunities to make some plays. Um, he's a little bit more proven in like the jet sweep game and get yep. the ball on the outside. However, money parks is a little bit bigger, um, and maybe has some better route running. Uh, so I think money might get more touches, but I think that big play ability uh, that Jalen Dixon has is something that that's hard to replicate. Absolutely. So we talked about those two guys. There's another receiver though. who's kind of been who is lit, had a great spring game and got people talking because he had the one unbelievable one-handed catch. And that of course being Makai Cope. Makai is a guy that I think you just see him make a play like that. You're like, when guys can do that, you got to find a way to get him on the field a little bit. So what are kind of your expectations for Makai this season? Right. I, I think he's right behind, you know, Enos and, and Vele, but um, I'm, I think he's right on Enos's tail, to be honest with you. And the yeah. plays that he can make are ridiculous. I think first he needs to prove to the coaches that he can work hard and, and block. It's a big part of the, the yes. receiver room. Um, does he care enough to block? Does he work hard enough to work for his teammates? So those are some questions that you can't really get answered until he's, you know, in the game and going 100% for his teammates. Uh, I do think he'll be the number three receiver on the outside. Um, and just like I said about Solomon Enos, he's going to have some one-on-one matchups 
that um, he needs to take advantage of. And I think if he can, you know, beat some guys one-on-one and be another weapon for, for Cam, the offense and their potential just gets a little bit bigger. Um, I think we'll have some great opportunities this year. Yeah, I, I think he is as well. Makai, I totally agree. You're number three receiver. You know, after the spring game, I thought there was a chance that he was going to be able to pass Solomon. But honestly, it sounds like Solomon has just really bought in and committed himself and being that he's the more established guy and definitely the better blocker of the two, which is very important in this Utah offense, as you highlighted, Nathan. I do think Solomon will end up being the number two. But definitely expect Makai to contribute a little bit, I think, in terms of, hey, you're trying to get more explosive, have that type of offense this year. Makai's a guy I think is going to factor into that a few times. We're going to see some deep shots to him coming from Cam as he'll air some out, and hopefully he can make a couple more memorable one-handed catches. So kind of with Makai, we've talked about, we think he's another guy that kind of fits in the same production model. So rather than that, we kind of talked about the established guys. Nathan, I want to ask you, how explosive do you expect this Utah offense to be, and how many truly explosive plays do you think we'll see on the season? Right. It's. Uh, I think that's kind of – what can push this offense to the next level. We've seen so many great running backs at the University of Utah, some great offensive linemen. Um, Cam Rising's probably the best quarterback we've had in a, in a long time. And the tight ends finally are getting some love. Now it's the receiver's time. Um, it's kind of up to them to take this offense to the next level. Uh, I highlighted this earlier, but the secondaries um, on the other teams will be able to you know, lock in on the running backs in the past and they just haven't had to worry about the receivers, like you said. And, you know, it creates a mismatch for the offense because they're going against more people in the box and they don't have the numbers to take advantage. But if they can create some more advantages on the outside and Devon Bailey can make some plays, it'll widen everything out and deepen the safeties a little bit. Um, The big plays will be there and, you know, they got to make them. First, so the defenses can know that, you know, hey, we got to guard these guys a little bit more. We got to get deeper in our coverage and play a little bit more conservative, you know, and a couple of big plays like that can change the outcome of a game. We saw that in the USC game. As soon as uh, that flea flicker was converted, that game was over. I mean, USC didn't even show up in the second half. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we have a couple more plays like that. Two or three a game would be huge. You know, that 25 yard plus mark would be very beneficial to the offense. And, you know, if they make a couple of big plays like that, Tavion Thomas and Jalen Glover will have some running lanes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a great running back room. It's a great tight end room. Got really good. I mean, obviously Cam's going to be the only one there, but if let's say Cam gets dinged up and has to come out for a series while he's in a concussion protocol or something, trust the backups there. Offensive lines deep. The biggest question mark on this team is the receivers. And there is a ton of guys with the potential and it feels like you finally got a quarterback who's ready to maximize their skill set that's going to be protected. So it's going to be really exciting to see. And I think Makai is one of those guys that most of the focus now is shifted to Devon and Solomon. I think Makai in the end is going to be a guy who's going to go for, honestly, at least I think he will go for 300 yards this year. It's hard to spread the wealth around. There are so many guys on this Utah team, but I think Makai has got a great chance to do it. So in terms of the short term, this Utah team is really set up. you got some veterans and some guys who have been in here that are more established in the program. But you also got some new guys that have kind of burst onto the scene and started to make some noise, even in training camp. So, Nate, what are your thoughts on some of these young guys that are coming in in the Utah receiver room? Yeah, JT, we were talking about earlier, there was a video that the uh, Utah football team posted 
of Sydney and Bamasaur and his catch over JT Broughton um, in a drill. And he's 6'4 and 200 plus pounds. And he's got the Pac-12 body that, that Utah's been looking for. And he's a guy that I'll, I'll keep my eye on. You know, if anything happens to uh, Devon or Solomon, like he could be right there. Um, I think the other guy that I'd keep my eye on is Tao Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a, a tail Johnson. Sorry. He's a, uh, just a playmaker and he's, you know, he can make things happen when he has the ball in his hands and, uh, has great potential here at the university of Utah and, and can do some great things. It'll be interesting to see how many opportunities they will have, but it is, like you said, it is nice to have a couple veterans like Solomon Enos there and Devon Vele who have worked so hard. Then you have some younger guys some flasher guys like money parks or Mackay Cope. And then, you have the raw guys like Sydney and Teo, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, you talk about Sydney and Teo. It's just those guys do seem like at some point this season, Sydney seems like a guy for sure, and I think Teo will too. They're going to come in and make some big catches. And this is a we talked about this receiver room. We've been talking about it now. This is a there's going to be a lot of wealth spread around at these guys, and I think Teo and Sydney are going to make at least one memorable catch, like the one we saw Sydney make on Broadham, like you talked about there, Nathan. So it's going to be really fun to see this Utah group. And honestly, just like talking about throughout this entire week on Locked On Utes, we've been going over all the different positions for the Utes, and we are so excited about the immediate future of this Utah team. This is a team that has a chance to make the college football playoff this year. But it's also something where it's like, you know, before it kind of felt like, is this year or bust? And that doesn't feel like it's the case anymore because you look at these guys. I'm looking at Nate Johnson. I think he is going to be incredible. Personally, I think he's going to end up being a starting quarterback next year. we got great quarterback depth, but I just think the talent in Nate's going to prevail in that regard. Jalen Glover is a guy who's going to have a chance to put up Zach Moss-type numbers as well. Or I think by the time Glover's career is all said and done, he'll end up breaking some records that even Tavion Thomas set last year with the single-season rushing one as well. Just talked about guys like Sidney and Teo as well that – I just feel like this offensive, the skill talent on this Utah team, the future is set up from a talent perspective better than it's arguably ever been before, Nathan. Yeah, and it's still growing. Our, our recruiting rankings, you know, yes. I work for 247 Sports a little bit and follow recruiting. And so that recruiting ranking is still going up. And until that hits a ceiling or stops growing, then, you know, you can maybe put a ceiling on this program. But, I mean, it still grows by a couple points every single year. And the talent and the size of these kids, it's just something that we haven't seen here at the University of Utah before. Um, so I'm super excited to see, you know, the next few years and how it develops. Um, and I think we're in a really good spot. Absolutely are. And that's one of the things where you see these recruiting classes keep getting higher. This is a Utah team that's had success developing lesser talented guys in terms of three-star rankings, but usually the coaches have, this is where Coach Wick, Coach Scally, Coach Ludwig, all the coaches on Utah have a great eye for talent, bringing in some of these under-the-radar guys, and now they're going to get a chance to develop some of these higher talented guys, and I just think the results are going to be fantastic, and I think they're going to pay off for this receiver group this coming season. So, Nate, before we let you go, we've been asking a couple people throughout the week just what your expectations are for this Utah team, and how do you kind of feel about them? Yeah, I, I'm super excited. Uh, you and I were talking about earlier that Utah needs to learn how to play with the target on its back. Uh, yes. Last year, started the season, it was pretty rough. And not one person in the nation expected them to have the turnaround that they did and make it to the Rose Bowl, win the Pato Championship. I mean, it was incredible. Now, what's going to happen when you have the target on your back? 
you're picked to win the conference championship. Now, can you go out and do it? It's, you know, that's the next step this program needs to make to be elite. We've prided ourselves on being the underdogs for the last 15, 20 years, you know, busting the BCS, uh, finally contending for some Pat Tilled championships the last couple of years and winning the South. But now, I mean, we're the best in the Pac-12. Let's see what we can do with it and uh, how we respond. I know Whittingham uh, likes to be the underdog, but you see all the preseason rankings and all the expectations and the the bowl predictions and everything saying Rose Bowl at least, college football playoff maybe. It's like, all right, well, how do you play now? Um, you got the talent and the depth is getting a lot better. I think that's a one of the things that recruiting has done for this program is that the depth is a lot bigger. I think in like 2018 and 2019, even in the past championship games, when we were hurt and had a couple guys down, we didn't really have the depth to replace those guys. But now last year you look, you know, our starting quarterback goes down and insteps cam starting cornerbacks go down. And then Fabian Marks comes in. Zamaya Vaughn comes in. It's just like little things like that that makes such a big difference and, you know, helps this Utah team make the next step. And uh, we have big expectations. And, you know, like I said, the target's on our back. Let's see how we respond. Anytime you make the Rose Bowl, you're going to have big expectations. And it's going to be fun to see if this team can meet them. you got media pundits like me talking about this team's good college football playoff team potentially. So it's going to be fun to see. And you mentioned another thing as well. Everyone loves to be the underdog, right? We all make up stories about how, like, oh, this person said this about us. This person doubted me. Every athlete does. We've all seen that before. And, yes, this Utah team can still say they're not respected by some of the other competition and, like, the SEC or some of the media that is national media that's maybe lower on them than some of the other ones. But especially in the Pac-12, there is no doubt about who the best team is. You mentioned that media love. It's all focused on this Utah team. They are the favorites, and I personally am really excited to see what they're able to do with the target on their back, as you highlighted, Nate. So, Nate, really appreciate you hopping on today. Make sure you guys go check out some of Nate's content at 24-7 Sports and give him a follow on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Nathan underscore Roderick. If you guys are also in the market for a second listen every day, we would recommend Locked On Pac-12. Host Spencer McLaughlin and local Pac-12 experts take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of conference lots of conference game previews going on, season previews, conference realignment talk. Lots of good stuff going on down there. And make sure you guys head over to Locked On Pac-12 and make them your second listen of the day after Lockdown Utes, of course. I'm at JT Wistersill on Twitter. Make sure you guys go over and follow our Locked On Utes channel on Twitter as well. Hit us up with any questions. And thank you for joining us on another edition of Locked On Utes.